leave us. Hi, welcome to the Weekly Song Podcast. I'm Roger. And I'm also Declan. <laughs> this is the show where we each write a song in the space of a week and we bring them to this podcast and we talk about how we wrote them, lyrics and chords and all that sort of thing. Um, hello, Declan. How are you? I, I am fine, thank you. I'm alive, I'm awake, I have a pulse, I have a song. Uh, all these things in tandem mean life is good. Oh, man. Now you're just bragging. Well, I'm, me too, actually. I'm I have killing a pulse. it over here. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so we have both written a song. Um, when did you finish yours? You finished yours before me this week, didn't you? I finished mine on Friday, I think. So I was a good boy. I got my homework done early. Please, sir, please, sir, notice me, sir. I'm ever so smart. <laughs> I put an apple on your desk, sir. <laughs> a shiny red Reliant. That's not an apple name. Yeah. What's an apple? Pink lady. That's an apple. There. Red Delicious. Yeah, uh, that, yeah, that's the one I was thinking of originally. Red Reliant. I'm just thinking of someone <laughs> leaving like a minivan on someone's desk. Like, Jenkins, why is there a car on my desk? What, a full-size Reliant Robin. That's no good. <laughs> These things are poorly built anyway. Why did you get me a car that's only got three wheels? <laughs> Could you not afford the fourth one? Shoddy work, Jenkins. C minus. See me after class. <laughs> anyway, um, so, uh, yes, um, we take it in turns as to who goes first this uh, each week. And it's uh, we're going to listen to my song first this week, I believe. Ooh. And uh, going a bit jab of the hut, they're just like, oh, 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 oh,
So that was Roger's song this week, Trials and Tribulations, and I must say, I absolutely love it. It is There's such a vibe to this, and there's such a sort of clear sense of emotion and tone in it, and I, it, it's super, super good. How oh. dare you be this good? <laughs> you, you terrible, terrible person. Stop making beautiful things! <laughs> <laughs> well, I was, I was saying, you gave me kind of a boost of confidence saying you like it, because I'm actually... I wasn't that keen on it, but you said a few things which... Um, sort of brought up my opinion of it when we were listening to it. But thanks, yeah, that's nice of you to say. So I have to ask how this one started, because this one's not... It's got a guitar in it, but it's not, like, based around the guitar in the same way that most of our compositions are. In fact, it starts up with that really cool... Uh, is it Glockenspiel? Um, y- yes, yes, sort of, um, Glockenspiel. It's sort of a sampled, um, like, pen on a glass, you know, dong. It's just, oh, it's I, sampled. I, oh, okay. It's worthless then. Forget it. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. What's your song called this week, Declan? <laughs> um, but yeah, just um, yeah, that sort of thing. But how it started was um, it was sort of like a piano song originally. I wrote this the same way I wrote last week's song. I'm trying to try in this thing, well, the thing that you do quite often, which is to write the music first and maybe have a few ideas of lyrics and melodies, but then... Um, go back afterwards on a different day or something and write the lyrics separately. And uh, so this one was written on, on sort of the piano first and then the guitar was added once I recorded the demo to show you. That makes sense uh, now you say that because a lot of the defining characteristic, uh, characteristics are in that sort of... Uh, that keys line, the... where you got that rising definition in there. Um I love the way the chords move in this. Like, I noticed there's a few cheeky minor fours in there and uh, uh, bits like that. Uh, what's kind of the main sort of movement of the song based around? Um, so, yeah. So, originally, I'll talk about the song in C major because it will be A, easier for me to think and B, easier for you to, if you put in any like keys stuff, probably a bit easier. And plus, I wrote it in C originally before I transposed it. What's it in uh, now? It's in E major now. Bloody hell, that was a high jump. Yes, um, it honestly, it was um, usually transposing songs kind of like involves something of like, well, as you often do, which I kind of nicked from you, like, okay, what is my range vocally? And then should I shift up or down to get there? You know, whereas this one was like, I sampled the thing to make the glockenspiel sound out of. I was like, that seems to be an E. So then the song was an E. So, <laughs> I was like, I think I can, um, I think I can still sing it. So um i hope my vocals can reach that high <laughs> often making the mistake which i have so often done of like i'll just track everything i'll track the drums bass guitar keyboards everything and then i'll just see if the vocals fit and then oftentimes it's like oh crap oh you and me that high you and me both buddy just so like the amount of times i've written a song using all the open strings and i get this really nice sounding guitar song and then i suddenly realize wait a minute where the voice wants to go is far beyond my range <laughs> oh, detuning that- it is then <laughs> That that was me in like we're in season eleven now. So what was that like season seven or eight? I think season eight for me. You like spent a season with your guitar in D or E flat or something. I just I was so lazy. I just got used to just having it down there. I just be like, well, that's how I'm writing songs now. Um, which kind of meant that I got used to the keys I could sing in. But anyway, I digress. Um, but the chordal movement in this song, um, you know, like I say, lyrics for afterwards. So I kind of came up with this thing which I was going to ditch until I got to a certain point, which I'll talk about in a sec, um, where it's it started in C major, and then you're going from the C major chord, which is the one, up to the four, which is an F, um, and you kind of got that nice little uh, walk-up there, just a simple major scale walk-up. Boom, 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 boom. That's all we seem to get these days. Um, and then, so you kind of got C and F for the main part of the verse, and then it kind of shifts up to the F for a second time. It goes F major, and then it goes F sharp diminished. And, and then it kind of does this like walk down, this sort of rundown of chords um, from C major. So you got um, C major, and then you got an E minor inversion, which is basically just a C major with the C moved down to a B. And then A minor, G, F, uh, D minor, G. So it's kind of just walking around the major scale. Um mm. I was kind of, you know, because I wrote the chords first, I was like, I've used these kind of progressions before. Maybe I could write something a bit more original, um, a bit more surprising. Until I accidentally, completely accidentally, laid my fingers down after that 
point when I was demoing on my phone, and I just played um, these notes in order, C, G, and then on the octave above, uh, D sharp, B flat. It's like that kind of spooky dung, 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 dung. And when I heard that, I was like, I've never done that before. So <laughs> I'll keep that, I think. Yeah, this is this sounds like it could be fruitful. This could go places. I just thought, like, how strange it is sometimes. Like, even though something occurs for just, like, I mean, this is obviously longer, but something spooky happens for, like, four seconds in a song where you use a non-diatonic note or just something is very different about the tonality of a section. It informs the rest of the song. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like, because you're always wondering whether that um, atonality or that sort of weird section is going to come back in any way Uh, or whether it's just a one-off thing to highlight a specific moment. Yeah, definitely. And then there was a question in my mind of, like, should that kind of spooky, um, I don't know, like C minor with a B flat in it chord, um, should that kind of start off the song? And I thought, actually, it'd be kind of nice to start off the song in this major fluffy feel and then have have that bit as a little um, almost surprise after the verse or the chorus or something. Um, and uh, I mean, those are the kind of main bits chordally, um, apart from the fact that, like you say, there is a minor four. So in C major, that's walking up four steps. And then the F major, if you turn that into a minor, you have the minor four which is always a nice little change. It's a secret source of songwriting. It really is. It's like, if you want a moment that's like tailor-made, heartbreaking or, you know, bittersweet, then Minor Four is your friend. So you've got all that coming together. Like, at what point do you start thinking about lyrical subjects for this one? Well, before I even had the piano, um, any of the piano stuff down, I just had this lyric come into my head when I was just sort of just before bed one night, and it was Trials and Tribulations, which is the name of the song, obviously. Um, and I just thought, because I've been kind of like in the back of my mind trying to come up with a way to write a song about the pandemic, like from a personal point of view. Um, not to like address oh, the world is in this state or anything like that, but just how it is for just, you know, uh, on a, on a personal level for me and for my friends and that sort of thing. And... There is this sort of feeling, not to get too doom and gloom about this, but there's this sort of feeling if you turn on the news or you go on your phone and if you go anywhere where there's news, there's not really like a hell of a lot of good news. And the bad news is, is understandably, um, you know, on a loop. You know what I mean? So mm. trials and tribulations, that's all we seem to get these days. I just had that lyric in my head. Um, then I wrote the piano and it seemed to fit together, but I was completely devoid of any other um, lyrical content. And so on Sunday, I was like, okay, I'll, uh, you know, have a relaxing day. And then the evening before midnight comes around and I you know, lose the challenge, I'll sit down and write some lyrics. And uh, before I did that, I uh, rang my friend and she told me about a poem she'd written, um, which was inspired by this news article. And um, she read me the poem and I and, and told me about the news article. And it was the story of this guy. Christopher Knight. He was 20 years old at the time this all happened. And it was in the mid-80s. This guy, Christopher Knight, he... He finished work one Friday, this 20-year-old guy, and he did, like, um, security installation stuff in this small town in America. And he just decided to get in his car and drive out to... um, just drive and drive and drive and drive and drive. And he, he kind of crossed state lines and all this sort of thing, and he ended up in... Um, in these woods and he just left the keys in the car took a tent with him and just walked into the woods and he stayed there for 27 years and uh, that story was fascinating enough but the thing that really got me was the fact that the place he ended up by kind of sheer chance he just kind of followed the roads that took his, his fancy and just started a new life he just let go of everything but he ended up about 30 miles as the crow flies from his childhood home and I just oh, thought wow. that was so strange yeah um, that that he ended up there. And I just thought that would kind of make a, a good, a good sort of, it felt sort of pregnant with possibility for lyrics, I guess. Um, this idea of just trying to completely go off the grid, trying to start a new life. Um, you know, whether you look at it uh, physically, I want to you know move somewhere else or even just kind of inwardly, I need to make some changes and just to wind up exactly where you first began, you know, in, in your life. Um, you could tie that lyric to, to so many things like home comforts and all this sort of thing. 
so that informed the rest of it, I think. That's quite a strong idea to base a song around, because I was getting a load of sense of personal frustration from the lyrics, uh, understandably, given like the world that we're in. And, like, you know, you can't do anything to help it. And you understand the reason why the world is as is at the moment, but doesn't stop it from, like, taking its toll. Uh, But, yeah, I must admit, I've never heard of this guy before. That's a really interesting story. That I'm I'm skipping several stages ahead now and thinking of, like, what a music video for this song could be. Like uh, I could, I could see like an animated version of this or something where, like, you know, goes into his car, turns on the radio, hears this, and starts his drive. I like that idea. Animation is so cool, anyway. But that would be a really good visual aid, I think. Mm. But uh, yeah, I think the reason I felt that this fell short of like, you know, me liking the song initially was just the fact that the title well one of the things was the title trials and tribulations feels detached somewhat from the rest of the contents of the lyrics of this guy you know going off the grid and all the rest of it uh but yeah i mean there there i guess there is bound to be a lot of frustration in in anyone's lyrics at the moment like you say it's an understandable situation and all the rest of it but um yeah, I mean, you know, what? not only, like, what can't you do in terms of going here or there or seeing people, but also, like, we're all getting older during this pandemic. I mean, it's going on um, nearly a year now, and, um, you know, who are we going to be afterwards? What would we like to achieve? All the rest of it, all that sort of thing. Uh, I so- shall be the devil incarnate! <laughs> <laughs> you have to laugh Bow for before it. me, minions! <laughs> <laughs> the coffee really did kick in today, didn't it? Um, <laughs> is is this your first cup, or is this is this one of... This is cup number one, which is quite worrying. Um, <laughs> I'm, on, I'm on number three. Damn. Uh, it's either coffee or the madness, one of the two. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I mean, so that's kind of it lyrically. Um, I want I tell you actually one thing that was kind of challenging is um, uh, when my friend was telling me about this this story, I was thinking, oh, that would be a really cool thing to write about. But this is something you're very good at, which I wanted to try, which is um, writing about um, like a reference to something and having the song kind of be about my feelings about that reference material. And I don't often do that. Obviously, we've done that with things like um, Wuthering Heights and all the rest of it like that. Mm. But I always find that difficult. It's much more easy for me to sort of like string lines together, almost like um, freeform poetry or something, you know. Um, but to actually reference something, I thought was a bit of a cool challenge to try out. Mm, it's uh, it's something that if you can get it to work, it can work really well. And I think the reason it works for me really well is that I'm a very uninteresting person, so like it's easier to talk about other people. Um, but no, I really like your version of like that concept with this one. Like I love like the thing I really love about this recording that you sent is like the tone of it. And as you've explained the lyrics, the tone matches up really well. Uh with like that um sort of uh, tapping glass kind of uh sample. You've got this uh sort of sense of childlike naivety which sort of fits in with the sense of beginning again, but then you've also got those darker chords and uh, like your minor fours and your augmented and like the non-diatonic stuff that makes it feel like uncertain which you know at that point you would be which sort of ties in both with the thing that you're portraying in the lyrics and also like the uh sense you can apply that to 2021 which um it it, it just fits really really well and i really want to see you like pursue this further that's really cool to hear, honestly, because like I say, like when I first had a full set of lyrics on Sunday, I was like, I don't think it works like that. Trials and Welcome tribulations to my world. <laughs> and um, so it's nice to hear you say, oh, it, it does fit. It does work. So that's actually really reassuring. So thank you. What is your song called this week? Uh, my song this week is called Sequence. Um, and it's I suppose it goes a little something like this. I have got it bad I've fallen hard for you You 
got it back Your eyes are burning too But we don't burn the same Share a spark but not the flame Beneath the dark Alone on this island You say I hope this works I'd hate to lose you Never cross my mind But as I start to rewind And I can't see Declan's song this week, uh, Sequence. I love it. It's really good. Uh, the first thing I noticed about it was that sort of like galloping, jung, chicka, jung, chicka, jung, chicka, jung, which just provides this amazing foundation for the song. Um, how did it start? Um, it started with those chords, but not necessarily played the way that they are now. It originally was a bit more straighter. Uh, it was kind of a little bit faster, a little bit straighter, a little bit more like one of my standard songs, as it were. Um, but uh, I was just sort of mucking around uh, on a guitar and I just found these shapes, which was a B on the A string and an A on the G string. Uh, and then the ascending part is just a G on the E string and an A on the A string sometimes letting that D ring out in the middle uh, which essentially gives you B minor 7 G and A um, which the way that boom 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 ba boom 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 that sort of seems to give you a little bit of momentum mm-hmm. uh, so I thought okay that's cool wait a minute I can't sing along to this <laughs> oh right like um, like you, you can't follow that as it were with the Vocal, so you can't go. Because it's it's too much, and you'd have to fit so many words into all of those bits at that point where you start thinking like, okay, it's got to be these long sustained like say, do 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 do. It just broke the sort of pre-chorusy bit next, which is just that D, A over C sharp, A and B. 
minor. Uh, but just to break it up a little bit. And I was sort of struggling for a while to think of what to do for the um, chorus. So I tried a couple of things. I tried going to A first because uh, the song's in D and it's sort of, uh, you, know, you know, B minor, G, A, the, uh, the key it's in is D. So I tried going to A, seeing as that's a fifth. Didn't quite work out. Um, felt a bit too soon for that. So start on D. That feels fine. And then I thought, well, I haven't used a major third in a while. Let's go there. <laughs> yeah, I like that that change, though. That's really cool. Because then that really gives you that sense of climbing, that sort of ascending bit, which is then followed in the vocal, which I'm so glad that it, <laughs> it ended up being in T because the top note is an S sharp, and that's about as high as I can go. <laughs> <laughs> so like, if it had been any higher, I'd have had to lower the whole thing, which would then ruin that because that's using open strings. Um, yeah, I love that urgency you had in the chorus. Like I said last week, but just kind of going up there, top of the range. Um, very cool. Yeah. Uh, so at that point, you just go back down to B minor and then C, G and A, which is like flat major seven, uh, four and five, which I only realized afterwards. Signs a little bit like one of your earlier songs. I think it's... Uh, Shrug or Confetti, I can't remember which one it is. Well, my lawyers will be in touch. Okay, fantastic. Um... <laughs> no, I, I absolutely love I, I actually sat down and sort of uh, learnt the song on guitar um, before the podcast, and I love that part where it goes C, G, A. It's just that C kind of changes the whole tonality of the chorus. Well, I mean, I I seem to have nicked that from one of your songs, so it's fair that you like it. <laughs> oh, I probably nicked it from somebody else. <laughs> um... <laughs> Welcome to the Weekly Song Podcast, where we plagiarise each other. Um, <laughs> uh, the only other musical bit in there is the bridge, which is... I I got to the lyrics and I thought, right, I need something to bridge this gap. Hence why it's a bridge. <laughs> um, which is just D, F sharp minor and G. Uh, going up to an A at the end to get back into the chorus. Uh, so it's really simple. It's really diatonic. Um, but like I say, it did start out a little bit faster. Uh and a little more straight which uh i sort of thought this doesn't quite work at this bit and then once i found that sort of galloping i just suddenly thought okay that works the cool <laughs> thing sounds, with... sounds a bit more like a pop song well the great thing with like that sort of galloping ding 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 or anything like that where you know it just i've started to realize recently it just it changes the song completely because you, you know you could have just kind of um, played the chords like, uh, you know. And it would have just sounded so generic and, and that sort of thing. But the fact that you just add, like, it's crazy because the chords are the same, but just, well, not exactly the same, but like just adding in that rhythm just le- adds the level of sophistication that the song has. Yeah, it's kind of like, it goes from being this kind of nondescript thing, which goes, I, I got it bad. It sounds like every other song out there to like you suddenly got a bit more interest going on in the backing I appreciate that you can't actually hear that on the phone call Roger but you'll be able to hear it once <laughs> once it's all edited up but yeah it, it just changes so much doesn't it and it's not only more sophisticated but it's also like it just breeds this room for bass lines to emerge and you know percussion and all that sort of thing yeah yeah you can sort of hear what a drummer might be doing really easily in that gap like it 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 invites uh other instruments to go wild whilst you're keeping that really simple groove down um but it's still all simple chords and everything like uh which is kind of i think part of what i wanted to do this season was write more poppy and more simple um as for the lyrics Lyrics kind of come from a bit of a weird place. So I was watching a Defavana documentary earlier this week, uh, which kind of reminded me of how much I love that band, but also their lyrics. I mentioned this a little bit last week, uh, but what kind of sets their lyrics apart for me is that you can sometimes get these really specific references to like actual events and people in their background uh which despite being supremely personal 
uh, also contain the sort of universal appeal. I thought, uh, as opposed to like the normal thing where you sort of distance yourself from specific events and just take the general emotion to make a song more universal. Like both effects work, but one is more common than the other. Mm. I thought, okay, I can't go Death of Arnafar, but I is there an interesting moment that I could write about and then pretend it's about something else? <laughs> <laughs> so the song is kind of about this time where I was in a musical project and I won't say what project it was, but we were at uh, an event where we had to stay for a, a couple of days mm-hmm. and everything was going really super well and I was about to quit my job for you know, to join uh, this act and I thought, okay, this is going really well and just a member of the band and I were outside, slightly drunk um, one evening <laughs> and they said something to me along the lines of I hope you still fit in with this band because I'd hate for you to go I'd hate to not have you in this group because we all get on with you and everything and it kind of struck me as a weird thing to say mm. um, and in the end about uh, three months later I ended up not being in that project anymore uh, I should point out that we're all friends we're all happy clappy we've all made up it's fine very good terms with them uh, but it's still that moment kind of like once that happened, I sort of cast my mind back to that moment. I just thought, oh, okay. So what you said came true. Right, right. Which uh, is it's kind of a weird... It's a weird sentence, it's a weird emotion, but it sort of plays into that larger aspect of... like If you imagine like being in some sort of band as being in some sort of relationship, which it's not a brilliant comparison, but like let's go with it for the time being. It's kind of like if, like, three months before you broke up with your significant other, they said to you, like, you know, I really want this to work. And you would wonder why they said that, and you'd start doubting everything in your mind. So that's kind of where that idea comes from. So, like, a bit of... it's it's, The lyrics are kind of slight, but... um, like the second verse, we stand neath the dark, lone on this island. We were on an island at the time. Um, you say, I hope this works. I hate to lose you. It's pretty much directly taken from that. Because um, uh, the thing was, like, they enjoyed having me around and I enjoyed being in that group. Yeah, so, exactly. So it's kind of why I got that first chorus. Like, I've got it bad. You've got it bad. Uh, but there's still like this mismatch and the third verse is kind of like okay uh, well we know this is probably going to end up happening at some point so we've got to you know be careful about this keep our distance and everything right Uh, the bridge is kind of like I dacked it first if I knew that I was danger and everything because like the ultimate reason why I left that band was, because, or why I was asked to leave that band was because I was the one that didn't fit and I was a bit of a self-absorbed prick. Um, nothing changes. <laughs> um, I doubt that's why why they asked you to leave. Uh, I, I, um, <laughs> moving on. Um, but then the chorus is kind of like the emotional insight into that line like and I can see the sequence like of all the little things that led us to the place we found ourselves today and you start that moment where someone says something like that and you start rethinking well hang on how did we get here mm. which is kind of I I like writing songs where there's going to be some emotional turmoil but it hasn't happened yet but you can, you can see it's coming yes absolutely yeah that makes a lot of sense could I just ask as well um because this is a song about something which happened you know in the past some time ago do you feel like you were um more capable to write a set of lyrics which reflected that time now than if you try to write it right at that time uh 
I mean, I did write songs about it at that time, or I should say a song, which I still like and I still play. But, and I've written a couple of songs about it since, and I think each time I've written about it, uh, I've been able to see with some more emotional maturity the situation. So, like, uh, the first song that I wrote about it, which I don't think we ever showed on the podcast uh, because it was written before the podcast was kind of about my reaction to that moment. You could not see me clearly Could not hear me like you should So you misunderstood The next song, which I think was End of the Line, was like once we'd made up and like we'd got in conversation and become friends again it's like okay we're friends but this is different but this is still weird for you and it's still weird for me um uh and at this point (laughs) it's that the thing of like okay yeah i was the asshole (laughs) um or like you know i can see now that this was always going to happen right i think yeah i think like given no course change that there was no way this wasn't going to happen you were saying, like, you know, oh, a band isn't a relationship, but of course it's a relationship with the people in the group and, you, and you know, yourself, you know, in that sense. And I think maybe that's the main thing for any, like, relationship song is, like, if you write it at the time, you're still so in the feelings that you could be, you could go, oh, I didn't have any you know, um, faults in the situation or anything like that. Whereas, like, you know, for me, you know, and a lot of relationship songs, like two years on, three years on, you can look back, like you were saying, and go, ah, okay, I, I did have a flaw there. Or, you know, you could just see the whole picture from with some perspective. Yeah, it's kind of interesting, the, like, how much time can affect, uh, like, your perception on everything. Like, to use a pop example, if you look at Adele's 21, the first, that was kind of inspired by a big breakup. The first song that she wrote was Rolling in the Deep, which is kind of this anger and this vitriol at this breakup. Uh, By the end of the record, which I think the song Someone Like You was written a bit after, but it's this more, you know, never mind, you're happy, I'll go off and do something else. And by the time you get to 25, it's send my love to your new lover and everything. Like, Right, yeah. uh, it's not quite a reconciliatory tone, but there's a lot more understanding there. I think that's kind of like beyond songwriting. That's kind of what you want to aim for, isn't it? It's like that thing of no matter how much something hurt when you were younger, you can't just hold on to that for the rest of your life. You've got to kind of um, find some way to, I don't know, either forgive or acknowledge or accept or something like that. And I mean, you've songwriting got to move helps. on. You've got to move on. And in this case, like it, it was a lot smaller scale than I'm making out in the song. Um, it's because I'm a fucking drama queen and everything needs to be big and over the top and dramatic. Well, we said this last um, week, didn't we? That it, it helps to dramatise things sometimes, didn't it? But like, it was this thing that at the time I was quite hurt. I you know, quit my job for this band. Uh, we'd been going along fine. There was no indication that anything was wrong so far as I could see. And then suddenly I'm out. But then once you actually sit down and think about it and you think... Oh wait, yeah. There's a lot that I could have done uh, to be a better person. That changes things, uh, and you just apply that same rationale up to like the level of a relationship or the level of a deep friendship or anything else, and it's just uh, I don't know. Hopefully, it shows some emotional maturity. Uh, that's that's kind of where where I'm at with that one. I hope you're enjoying listening to this therapy session. Um, <laughs> I, I think it I think it really comes across as you know emotionally mature. Um, again, you know the subject matter of the lyrics when we talk about them on the on the podcast and stuff. I think it it informs obviously it fills in more details and gaps. But even having heard it fresh, you know when you when you sent it to me, it still has that. Yeah, again, emotional maturity. Um, yeah, a really good set of lyrics, and uh, and just paired with you know all the right moves melodically, chord wise, and stuff. You know, hmm. It's kind of that thing of the lyrics. They came about very quickly. I think I started composing the music after I've written the Death of Arn- after I watched the Death of Arna documentary, 
but it, uh, and I sort of had the idea that I take something to match the tone of the lyrics uh, from my life to match the tone of the music that I created. Uh, but it's kind of one of those things. I didn't set out specifically to write about this subject, but it's just that tone of the chorus, which has got this melancholic tinge to it. Um, and this sort of, I think part of the momentum of the like it's got this kind of relentless, unstoppable energy to it. Or maybe those are the wrong words, but like this kind of continual, uh, you know, motion to it. Right, yeah. Whereas if you had like just a piano playing the chords on the first note of the bar, you know, sadly, it would be, even with the same chords, the same lyrics and all that, it would be a completely different song, wouldn't it? Mm, because like the you know the momentum of it like indicates that you can't stop what's going to happen. That sort of melancholic feel, like you know, indicates that the vocals should be reaching for those high notes. Uh, in the well, in inverted commas, high high for me. Uh, as we all know, I am the world's manliest baritone. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's kind of just interesting how the tonality of a song can affect lyrical choices, which I think we've both had a little bit this week. Oh, absolutely, like it, yeah. It's Because like, um, your yeah. song uses a lot more major chords and it uses, you know, a lot more of an innocent um, uh, tone. And, like, it, this, it really is the word of the week this week, isn't it? But um, if you'd written, like, heavy, dark, angsty chords that needed to be played on, like, a drop, uh, drop A guitar or something... <laughs> yeah. You wouldn't necessarily have, no matter how inspiring you would have found that song, you wouldn't have written, uh, no matter how inspiring you found that story, you wouldn't have written about the guy who drove off into a forest to start a new life. At least certainly not in that way. I might have like made it like a Swedish death metal song where a guy goes into the forest to kill animals or something, but they would have been a completely different beast. But it's, uh, it's a similar thing with a lot of my writing. Like, for example, last week, Florence Foster Jenkins... Um, the story was going through my head at the week, but had I written something, had I written this set of chords last week, I don't think I would have written about Florence Foster Jenkins. Right, that's a good point, actually. I mean, you've got to bear in mind, I'm completely new to this whole writing lyrics after thing. Um, yeah, I mean, it is like a crapshoot because sometimes you will write, you know, the angriest, darkest song in the world or the darkest set of music. And then you'll suddenly think, really happy i don't want to be miserable (laughs) i've got no energy to go into this which is where you get like a few of the songs that i'm less proud of where like you don't have that synergy between the words and the music when you when you write the music first like for this one for example like when you got to the chorus and you went okay i'm gonna decide to go to the um the d right um how do i put this like were you like ad limbing sort of like da 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 like with no words but just sort of like a general melody or was it were you not singing at all and then you just came up with a melody afterwards? I kind of had a rough melody in mind. Uh, the melody sometimes changes depending on how much I forget the melody when I'm writing the words and now I have to cram several syllables into place. Um, but, <laughs> but generally, you have the key thing uh in place like for example in the verses had da 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 okay so like a little bit of the phrasing changed on that because like of certain words that i wanted to put in certain places and like uh we don't burn the same share a spark but not the flame Originally, those words kind of fell on different syllables, but like I had to shift them around a little bit once I realised, oh, wait a minute, this doesn't actually fit the music I wrote. Oh, yeah, I, that is the thing. It is, it's a slightly different process, isn't it? Because you, I don't know about you, but when I write music first, then lyrics, when I write the lyrics, I'm actually using recordings or, you know, demo recordings more than I would if I was just writing at the same time. Because obviously, if you've got an acoustic guitar in your hand, you have something to sing along with. Whereas you're using like laptop or phone demos or something mm. when you're writing lyrics after. I mean, I mostly use. Uh, we're going really off topic here, but I mostly tend to use my voice notes on my phone for day to day stuff that I need to remember, as mm. opposed to draft to draft, unless it's a massive change. 
uh, or if I need to compare two versions of things uh, and try and be as you know objective as I can about something. Uh, whereas I suppose if you're like writing the words at the same time, if you get a strong verse, you need to record every draft of it yeah. just to make sure that you don't forget. Because uh, we've all done that thing, haven't we, where it's our own song. You've got to line four of the verse and you just think, now what did I put here oh, again? Oh, I hate that thing. Yeah, it's so annoying. Yeah, I, I think you've got to have, uh, you said before, I like what you, you said, where, you know, aside from a a guitar and a notebook, like your phone memos are like your best friend as a songwriter. Mm. You're like, you've got to have it there. Like, even if you come up with like one tiny little, like three note passage, just have your phone, just record. And then you go, okay, I'll remember that, you know? Yeah. This is my collection of doom riffs that are eventually going to turn into a song. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking forward That's... to hearing that. Oh, he'll be waiting a long time. Um, but yeah, I think uh, that's all I can waffle about this week's song. I have more to say than I realised. Um. <laughs> it's a really good song. You should definitely develop it up and fully produce it. Drums and all that. It's, yeah, really, really Thank like you. it. Thank you. Um, yeah. And now we can actually reveal who the song was about. It was actually about... We have an email. Um, strange to do this section, because you normally do this section, or open it anyway. But we have a... I'm, in, I'm looking forward to watching you suffer. <laughs> we've, we've had a reply from, uh, from Jamie Doss. Um, Bass Fiend is his uh, uh, moniker online. He sent in a song last week uh, called Calling You Out, which we both really enjoyed. Um, and he has replied to my question about his song last week. And he writes thusly. Hi guys, funny you'd ask if it started on an acoustic or an electric, because it actually started on a hollow body electric that wasn't plugged into anything at the time. Ah, so it's on kind of like a, a midway point then. It, it's Schrodinger's uh, acoustic, where it's not actually an acoustic or electric until it's plugged in. <laughs> right of you, me of your t-shirt then, Schrodinger's cat wanted dead and alive. <laughs> it's my favourite t-shirt. So you tell me, I guess, he says. I hope that answers your question, uh, that it was um, kind of a hollow bodied electric, he says. Uh, thanks a ton for having me on this week and for your kind comments. Also, wonderful, wonderful job to the two of you as well, he exclaims. I have both of this week's songs stuck in my head now. Oh, that's cool to hear. Looking forward to next week, as always. Um, you can expect some more from me in the future. I've been wanting to write some more poppy songs myself. Tara, he says, and he says in brackets here, or would it be, okay, how would that be spelled? Lol. I'm not sure, actually. On the Instagram... Um, bio i put tara t-a hyphen r-a uh i think i did a bit of research because i had to write it down once and i think it's actually spelt the way that um uh that jamie spells it which is t-u-r-r-a-h but um because it's common and colloquial i think you can just spell it however it's it's a word that's up for grabs um but yeah, th yeah. thanks for your response um to the question last week um Jamie, that's that's really cool to hear. Um, to be yeah, honest, thank with, you for writing. I, I can relate. I'm having an an electric guitar, which is like a little bit louder than a regular electric guitar, can help sometimes, particularly if you're writing at night. <laughs> I found so. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of the thing where you're just playing on the open strings, uh, and you're just thinking like, my goodness, this is going to sound good when I can plug it in. <laughs> yes, exactly. It's um, you have that that lovely um, payoff, don't you? Yeah, when you when you finally plug it in and record it properly. Or you have a moment you go like, hold on, all these thirds I've put in there don't work anymore. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Damn, I've got to rethink the whole arrangement now. <laughs> so we've actually had another email and we've had two emails this week. So much fun. And this is an email called Seven Songs of Rye, which, um, you know, queen puns get to my heart. Um, uh, it's by Noah Med, who has written into the podcast before, and he writes... Hey chaps, glad to hear you back on the airways. As of 2021, I've been trying to write a song a week inspired by the show. As such, I thought I'd send you my latest attempt. Apologies for the mix and the playing, it's a bit rushed, but it's just a demo, so I hope you like it. Thanks a bunch. Kind regards, Noah. Cheers for sending this in, Noah. Uh, it's called the Osterhagen March, and it goes like this. Tiger and rat Who says they are Who you think they are You know they're probably not 
mushroom cloud will save us all The mountain and the king Take your loved one to the rock So that was the Osterhagen March. Am I saying that correctly? Uh, I say Osterhagen. I'll say that too. Um, so that's it. Yeah, I like the vibe of it. It's kind of like um, like Lone Wanderer kind of feel to it. Yeah, I really like it too. It's um, it's got like a, a kind of sadness to it, um, which is reflected, I suppose, in those um, the mushroom cloud will save us all. It's a really cool refrain, kind of like. I'm wondering if this is a Doctor Who reference. Uh, it's something in a Doctor Who episode called the Osterhagen Key, uh, which is a series of nuclear bombs placed under the Earth's surface uh, to destroy the planet if ever it would fall into alien hands. Oh, maybe it is then. Noah, let us know. Because uh, I I did a little research on Osterhagen when I saw the um, name crop up because you know, I'm a massive Doctor Who fan. I was thinking, is that it? And the only other thing I could find was like a, uh, it was apparently a labor camp in um, somewhere in Germany, which I think was the labor force there was used to either construct a railway or construct a prison or do something like that. But that's the only thing I could find online otherwise, which also fits in with the mushroom cloud will save us all kind of, if you think about, um, you know, obviously the atomic bombs being dropped on Japan and everything which is one of the, you know, late uh, signifiers of America being dominant in the war, uh, rightly or wrongly. Um, but that's the only other thing I can think of. Like, do let us know what that's about. Yeah, yeah, please do. Also, I'd be interested to know sort of um, the lyrical influence, but also the musical influence, like sort of what you were listening to when you wrote it as well. Um, it's cool. I like the arrangement as well, the um, acoustic guitar. You've got the bass going on underneath and that sort of... Um, Kind of got two vocals, sometimes pairing up and sometimes just one at a time. Um, yeah, really good, really good weekly song. Mm. Like it a lot. Like it a lot. Yeah, uh, yeah, and well done on writing a song a week as well because we've been doing that for a while and we know it's bloody difficult. So. Yeah, because sometimes <laughs> you don't feel like doing it, you know. But if you have a challenge, um, then you know it works out really well. That's the thing we always say about this podcast. Even if uh, you write something that you think, "Oh, I've done better." Uh, at least you've written something. And if you write something that you think, oh my God, this is the best thing I've ever done. Great. You've got a chance to write a better one next week. Absolutely. Yeah. I think the thing that stops 
I mean, just briefly, I know we've gone on a little while here, but just one of the things that I think gets me is like, you can't just go, oh, I'll wait for inspiration if you have a weekly challenge because it might not come. Whereas if you actually sit down purposefully and face that blank page, then usually something comes, usually some kind of idea comes. Um, and like you say, whether it's good or bad, I was watching this thing with Stephen King earlier um, and this uh George R. R. Martin was saying to him, how do you write so much and so prolific? And he said, I just write six pages every day. And I just think that says it all. Like, I'm just there to do the work, you know, whether it's good or bad, I turn out with some work. So that's it for this episode of the Weekly Song Podcast. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, if you'd like to get in touch with us, if there are songs that you've written, if you uh, are just tired of staring at a blank email, uh, staring endlessly into the void of digital pixels and wondering when something will appear why not use your keyboard uh, and write out an electronic letter and send it to us at weekly song podcast uh, i almost said email.com but i didn't <laughs> and no one will ever know that i didn't um alternatively why not follow us on spotify soundcloud uh podbean uh, the various other places you can find podcasts and do the positive social interactions with them go on you go know on. you want to go on um, you can also follow us at Weekly Song Podcast on Instagram and on YouTube as well. Uh, we're very active on the Instagram, and I promise I'll put something up on the YouTube at some point. <laughs> um, where can they find you, Roger? Um, you can find me uh, on Bandcamp, rogerheathers.bandcamp.com. Uh, I'm on Instagram, at rogerheathers. I do lots of um, sort of uh, videos and photos of, of recording and songwriting, all that sort of thing, so it might be of interest perhaps um always like to make some connections there um i'm also on all the streaming platforms got um i've made like over 20 albums um some of which are on streaming but all of which are on my band camp some of which are available for free as a taster morse code why am i doing morse code i don't know the way you said that reminded me of morse code for some reason um but so that's me um where can people find your music declan uh, you can find me on Bandcamp, DeclanKitchener.Bandcamp.com, where you can find my single solitary EP, which isn't free and you'll have to pay for. <laughs> Capitalism. It's a million dollars. Um, yeah, it's literally just all the money in the world for five tracks that were recorded in a bedroom. Um, you can also find me on Declan Kitchener Music on Facebook and Declan Kitchener Music on YouTube, where I mainly post silly covers that I get challenged to do. Uh, it's a lot of fun. You can hear me ruin some classics. Uh, I'm also available on Spotify, Amazon Music, uh, I think iTunes, and possibly some others. Who knows, quite frankly. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? Uh, so I, that's it for this week. We shall see you next week with some new songs. Absolutely, yes. And Thank hopefully you less waffle. <laughs> less waffle, more pancake. Less waffle, more pancake. Um Oh, God, that could be a title. Oh, that would be the latest title in the game ever. Oh, wow. We're making history. Outro title. Oh, outro title. Uh, yeah, so we shall see you next time. As Roger said, thank you very much for listening. Ta-ra. Ta-ra. I'm going to use that as a linking thing. (laughs) (laughs) This is the podcast where you and I, Declan, we write a song in the space of a week. Well, each. Do we? we Oh, no. Oh, my. Did you not write one? Oh, no. (laughs) It's happened at last. Ah. Oh, man. The nightmares are coming true. Yeah. Oh, I'm having flashbacks. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but well this... i've derailed that intro brilliantly sorry did you want to go again <laughs> well i'm glad that i changed your opinion on this one because i think if that's the opinion you had it needed changing because it was the wrong opinion and your opinions are bad and you should feel bad um <laughs> <laughs> oh we are good friends um <laughs> help me <laughs> <laughs> Think twice if you want to escape. <laughs> Actually, I wouldn't work on a podcast, but you have to like clap twice. Yeah. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> no, nothing. Nothing. Um... Uh, you should be a producer. Well, if anyone wants me to produce their record, uh, 
Please don't, because I know nothing about mixing <laughs> and mastering. I'm the ideas guy. I'm the facilitator. Au contraire. I have heard your, um, not only original material, but your covers and stuff on YouTube, and you're a very good producer. Oh, hush you. <laughs> Is that your sort of cool remix stuff that you're going to put on the top? <laughs> um, it started with... Uh... <laughs> you're right. I can't even get through one sentence. I'll, I'll take that answer again. <laughs> okay. So we have... It's really weird to open this section. We have... Come on, en- energy, backup, energy, hype, 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 star jumps. I can't do that because I'm sitting down, but, you know. <laughs> sitting down, that vibes. So... in your chair. No, seriously, I, I wasn't actually that pleased with how it came out. Right, okay, you have opened yourself up for a word of hurt on this episode. Because um, <laughs> this is brilliant. Shut your... Fucking face. <laughs> if only the listeners could hear how you speak to me. Oh, my oh God. I'm putting this on the fucking end. I am putting this on the fucking end of the episode, <laughs> mate. 